Well, happy Valentine's Day. Um, Valentine's Day is a time when guys uh, are reminded how stupid they are uh, because they've had all this time to prepare and then uh, didn't do that. But um, uh, fortunately, that is not the case with me. I was way ahead of it, which means that I was trying to give Lisa her Valentine's gift uh, like five days before because I can't hold on to a present. If I buy something, I have to, you have to open it now. And she's like, yeah, wait till Valentine's Day. I'm like, ugh. Okay, then it builds all this stuff up, and then she's like, oh, is that it? <laughs> you wanted me to open that? Anyway, uh, so happy Valentine's Day. We're in our series called Climb, and what we've been talking about is the fact that uh, we want to reach new heights together, and we want to grow deeper in our relationship with God together. We want to do this together, and that it's really important to do so. Um, this morning, what we're going to talk about uh, specifically is what happens when we try to do this alone. What happens when we try to navigate our life by ourselves? And many of you, uh, myself included for sure, have made decisions that were made by yourself. And at the time, you thought they were really, really good decisions. But isn't it funny how it, if I'm watching you make a decision, and it's a bad one. I see it really clearly. And don't you see it really clearly in everyone else around you? Like you open up Facebook and you'll look at a picture or you'll look at something. And the first thing out of your mouth is, oh, no, 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 don't, don't do that. You need, to, you need to turn around or you look at it and go, I don't, I don't think they should be together at all or what, what have you. It's easy to see it in other people. And yet... If we look back on our lives, we can see many, many decisions that we've made that in hindsight, we go, how could I have been so foolish as to do that? Well, what we're going to talk about this morning is a story of a young man who went through uh, that very thing. And um, uh, what I wanted to just preface the sermon with was the idea that if we're going to climb, if we're going to reach a destination together... We need to know and be able to quantify what that destination actually is. Is it a deeper walk with Christ? Is it a deeper prayer life? Is it knowing the word more? Is it deeper relationships? You, in, in order to get to a place, okay, you have to know where that place is. And so the example I use, um, I didn't want to admit this, but I have a girlfriend, okay? And uh, her name is Siri. And she is a digital girlfriend that lives on my phone. And I love my wife, and we have an unbelievably fantastic relationship. And I wouldn't change anything about it, except that the way we talk about directions, okay? Because I, I talk about directions totally different than my wife does. Now, my wife has a way better sense of where we are. Like, she can at any given point, like, point to north, which for me is that way, okay? And not south, okay? It's just everything went south. I don't know about... Anyway, but that's, that's our thing. But the way Lisa gives me directions when we're going someplace, it doesn't... Uh, I'm... See, I practice this too. I don't know. Anyway, here's, here's how my girlfriend does it. So I, I'll, I type in where I'm going. That, you have to start with where you're going. And then I put in this ear, my uh, earpiece, so that my girlfriend can talk to me about where we're going. And my lovely wife can talk into this ear about whatever, what's going on during the day. But what Siri will do, it does a couple things very, very well. She'll actually tell me when to pull off 
Like way before you have to pull off. Like she'll say, in three miles, you're going to get off on this off-ramp. My wife just knows I have super quick reflexes and so knows I could just manage it, bam, you know, and, and, and off I go, which is fine, you know, I, and I know I've been challenged and it, it's worked out okay. But I just like to know beforehand. The other thing Siri does, Siri knows when I'm lost. Like, like, have you ever been lost? You don't know you're lost. Like, there's no process of getting lost. You are either not lost or you're lost. You don't think about, like, I think I'm right in the middle of being lost. You just end up lost, right? And so there's no way to manage this in real life. You know, it's like all of a sudden you don't just go, uh, you know, I think my finances. You just, you just, like, open up your visa bill and you go, how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, you can look back and see how it happened. Now, what Siri does, the minute you get off course, in 50 feet, make a U-turn. <laughs> you are not going the right direction. I mean, she's got a much sweeter way of saying it, but anyway. Um, like, like, but she will tell you, if you're supposed to get here and you're going this direction, you need to turn around. Wouldn't that be nice in life? Wouldn't it be nice in life if there was a way, as you began to say, this is what I want my marriage to be like. This is where I want to climb to. I want a better view. I want my marriage to be better. Wouldn't it be nice that the minute you start, now I know our wives help us with this, but the minute it starts to like go the wrong way, something could say, ah, you know what you need? Is that, if that's what you want for your marriage, that's a bad decision. You need to turn around. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, what we're going to do this morning is I think it is possible uh, to have someone in your life that does that. I think it is possible uh, to navigate very well life to get to the places that you and I want to get to, to climb to the new heights that all of us want to climb to in our finances, in our relationships, uh, and, all, and all these different things. And so what we're going to do this morning is read a story about a guy who didn't have anything like that. He, he started down a path and, and everyone else could see it but him. And that's just tragic to me. And so this, the story is written by a guy named Solomon who the Bible says is the wisest man that ever lived. He, 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 he wrote three books. He wrote Proverbs, which is the book we're going to be in. And basically that's just like little snippets of wisdom, like wisdom soup for the soul. Like you put those on a calendar, just little things. A wise man does this, a foolish man does that. He wrote Ecclesiastes, which is just depression soup for the soul, um, which is just kind of like, oh boy, well, that, that stinks. You know, that's kind of that. And you read your Bible, it's awesome. And then there's Song of Solomon, which is basically uh, like a Valentine's letter that you should all be reading if you're married. And uh, it's all about um, relationships. Uh, and so he wrote those three books. And the one we're going to look at is Proverbs, which again are those little snippets. But in the middle is this story in chapter 7 about this guy. And so uh, let's go ahead and start with that. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. So you can kind of get the idea there. In the, he's in the second story and he's looking down kind of through the lattice that was covering his window or what have you. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. Which is basically saying the same thing twice. Okay. Um, uh, no, like that sounds 
like if you're a youth, you're thinking, what? How, how dare he say that? But he, here's the thing we don't want to miss. We all, all, all at one time or another had no sense. As a matter of fact, if you go through all the different topics of life, of relationships and money and all this kind of stuff, there's, we've all gone through these seasons where we just didn't know. You, you, you don't know unless you, you know, you know, you can't know unless you know, right? And so, uh, um, so he looks down and he sees this person who hasn't woken up in this particular area of, of, of their lives. And just so the youth who are here know, this isn't just picking on youth. There are many, 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 many adults, and I am one of them, who lack sense in, a certain, in certain areas. So this really does apply to all of us. This isn't just like, oh good, a sermon for millennials. It's not. It's, uh, it works for all of us. So he, he looks through the lattice, and he sees among the simple, among the young men, a youth who had no sense. Now watch, this is where the, 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 it cha- the story changes very quickly. He was going down the street near her corner, (laughs) okay, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, right? So the the, the writer, Solomon's writing this thing. If there was a soundtrack to it, it would be like, dun, 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 you know, like you're getting the sense of like, oh, and you're supposed to, as the reader go, who is she? And why is it, why do I feel so scared? Well, the writer talks about this. Now, before we get to this next verse, I want us to understand that you and I as the reader can see that there are some red flags here. It's her. It's getting dark. It's all these things. What we need to understand is in our very lives, even today, there are red flags of things, whatever your her is, whatever the thing is you struggle with, whatever the thing that, 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 that lures you down. So it might, be, it might be a promotion. It might be something having to do with money or power. Or maybe it is a, a, a different relationship, one you shouldn't be having. There's, there's a her. There's this thing that lures you. And I just want you to know there are red flags. The problem is very often we either do not see them or our heart chooses to ignore them. That we start following our heart. As a matter of fact, the last time I preached on this section of scripture was about three years ago. And it was a series called Mythbusters. And one of the myths we were busting was the one that says, follow your heart. Um, We talked about why that's a bad idea. We're taking a different tact on it this morning. But it's the same concept that our heart, we hear the red flag. And and sometimes, sometimes we'll dismiss it ourselves. Like, oh, oh, you know, it'll be okay. I can manage it. But there's these, there's these red flags. So he's, uh, it's twilight. Um, the day is, is uh, as, as dark of night sets in. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. And then, and then Solomon writes this parenthetical statement. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares. At every corner she lurks. And some of you women are like, yeah, I work with her. You know, I know who that is, you know, right? And all the guys are like, where, where do you work? Are they hiring? You know, whatever. But the, the, the point is that, and here's what I want you to see in this particular verse, is that this is what happens when we start down paths that are out of the direction 
of where we're supposed to be going. Where, where, we, where somebody should say, in 50 feet, turn around. Don't, don't go down that road. That's not the, I know where you want to be, and that's not going to help you to where you want to be. And so, uh, not just this woman, but what Solomon's trying to get us to see is that when there's something for destruction, that doesn't it feel like it's everywhere? Like, if your thing is anger, like you're really trying to work on anger, doesn't it feel like everybody's trying to make you angry all the time. Like, it's everywhere. It lurks around every corner. If your thing's anxiety, doesn't it feel like you're worrying about everything? Like, it's, it's, it's all around. If you're fearful, don't, doesn't it feel like you, 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 you're just everywhere you turn, there's some type of a fear. If you have a problem with addiction, it feels like it's everywhere, or lust, or something like that. You, it's like, man, does this ever stop? This is what Solomon's describing. It's not just that this woman or this situation is at this location. She kind of pervades everything. It's the same with us. As we try to get to these new heights together, as we try to get, get, uh, get, there's going to be forces, whether it be the enemy or whether it's just our culture that is going to try to push us, detour us, redirect us in the wrong way. And wouldn't it be nice if we had some way of being able to have those red flags shown to us? And so that's what happens. She's, she's all, all over the place. And, um, you know, we, uh, again, we all have these things we flirt with, not just women or what have you, but we all have those things. It might be those shoes. It's like, I see them everywhere now, and I really want them, you know, or, or, or whatever, or that job, or uh, you're going out with those friends, okay? And so she's unruly and defiant. She doesn't sit still. It's not, uh, she can't be managed, okay? And again, this Solomon's writing not just about this girl, about all these things that we struggle with. It goes on. Now, at this particular part in the story, nothing bad has happened. All that's happened is red flags. He could turn around and go home. And if someone were asking him, hey, what are you doing? He'd just say, walking on the street. The Bible doesn't say I can't walk on the street, does it? I read the whole Bible. Nothing says I can't walk on the street. Nothing says I can't walk by her house. I liked the garden she's doing. I don't know. I was just walking. I'm not doing anything. I'm just, I'm just walking. He, he can turn it around. But the problem is if we don't get to those red flags early, our momentum... And the vision for what is going to be awesome will cloud our judgment and we will not realize that in the whole time we were going in the wrong direction. And so that's what happened. She took hold of him. She kisses him. And with a brazen face, she says, and okay, this is one of the greatest pickup lines you'll ever read. Hey, today I fulfilled my vows and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. Isn't that, isn't that good? That's sweet. I like that. Yeah, he can't, he can't. There's nothing he can do now. That's just a great pickup line. No, of course it's not. It doesn't make any sense, right? We, we read that and we're like, what are you talking about? Well, here's, here's the context of what's happening. Most likely what she's talking about, she was involved in pagan worship. Okay, and in pagan worship, a lot of it had to do with sexuality. And you'd make these offerings and you'd do these things and everything was okay. Once you made your vows and your fellowship offerings, it's like, it's like, it's okay. 
And so the, the rhetoric that this guy's hearing is, is number one, because she's involved in pagan worship, she's really not the person he should be going after, but that probably for him makes her hotter, okay? Because for some reason that's the way guys are. But the other thing is, is that there's going to be this underlying language that, hey, you're old-fashioned. What are you, what's the problem? Like, I've, I've, I've done everything I need to do. It's okay. It's okay. Now, we can blame her for that. But really, in fact, we say this to each other, I mean, to ourselves all the time. We say this to ourselves. You know what? I, I've, I've, already, I've done all this stuff. I, I deserve X. You know, I, I've been really, I can do this. And so that's what she says to him. Um, he goes on, and this is where she changes the, the, the focus. And this will also be something that you'll notice as you head in the wrong direction, if you miss those flags. She says to him, I came out to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. One of the things our heart will tell us as we head in the wrong direction and we miss those flags and we try to make decisions on our own, is that it's all about me. I can handle this. You know, I, life has been unfair to me. I think I deserve X. You know, everyone else can't handle it. I can. Me. And so there's this lie that she's, that she's like, you are special. You are so special. This is going to be fine. It's going to work out fine. You'll be the one who escapes. This is going to turn out. It's turned out bad for everyone else. But for you, it'll turn out fine. This is the lie. And so um, she begins to paint this vision, okay, of that what he's about to engage in is going to be awesome. Here's what she says. I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon, okay? That just means she went to Bed Bath & Beyond, like the yesterday, okay? <laughs> so that's, that's just, if I could just translate that for all of us, that's, that's what it is, okay? Um, and so I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. And then she says, come, let us drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Okay, it's Valentine's Day, so that was just, that was just for you. She's painting this vision. Now, 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 this is so important to understand. One of the reasons we head in the wrong direction, even when we know that this is the destination we want, the vision of the destination becomes greater than the actual destination. So she begins to paint this picture of what it's really going to be like. It's going to be awesome and it's it we got new sheets and new stuff and this is gonna we'll we'll just this is gonna be awesome for you what happens in Jerusalem stays in Jerusalem it's gonna work out great okay it's gonna be the the time of your life but here's the thing that she doesn't do that uh that Solomon does in just a little bit because the first thing you're thinking well where's her husband and he's like is she married or whatever well she she addresses that my husband is not at home He's gone on a long journey. He doesn't even, he, he won't be back. He took his purse, which is probably why their marriage is in trouble in the first place. Uh, if, so 
Anyway, um, he took his purse, uh, or purse, if you will, uh, filled with money, which is okay. Then you need a purse. That's good. Uh, and will not be home till full moon, at which time he's like, where's, like, how much time do I have, right? You know, he's looking around, and he sees, the, you know, oh, wow, we got, we got like a, a few weeks or, or, or whatever. She's creating this vision. Let me, let me just tell you, if she uh, is us, because all Solomon's describing is what we tell ourselves. It's creating a fantasy. And, and we'll talk in depth on fantasy uh, after Easter. We're going to do a, a series called Distractions. Uh, I'm really excited about one of those will be fantasy. But one of the things we do to ourselves is we tell ourselves stories and we, we believe our own fantasy. So the way it might look like is this. Um, so one of my problems is technology. I just, if there's something new that's technology, I need it. I mean, the fact that it was just invented a month ago, uh, and I didn't even know it existed a month ago, I have to have it right now because that's the thing. So I, I work on that of trying to avoid getting the, la- the latest thing, right? But here, here's how it would work. You see the thing, and you begin to fantasize about how much greater your life would be with it. And so if it's a new iPhone or whatever, um, I would think about how fast it is. I would think about the, the camera so much nicer. And, you know, really, I take a lot of pictures of my family. And so really buying the iPhone is going to help our family be together. And the, picture, yeah, that's right. and the pictures are so much better. And we'll sit around for hours and just look at these awesome, gorgeous pictures. And, and then what do we say? Well, and then I'll just worry about paying for it later, right? We, 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 we have these fantasies. Sometimes it might be someone at work. And you're at work and you're already married. And that person uh, is starting to pay attention to you. And you're thinking, if I were married to them, we would, we would cook gourmet meals every night together. It would be so much fun. And, and, we, and we'd laugh all the time. And we'd watch really smart movies and not like my spouse who watches Terminator and those types of things. I don't even know what is going on. But we paint this fantasy, okay? Here's what happens. With pervasive words, she leads him, leads him astray. Isn't it interesting that the beginning of the story, it was how she was dressed. But he actually gets led astray by what she said. This is exactly what we do to ourselves. This is exactly how we miss our flags. We're enticed by something, but then we begin to talk and fantasize and paint a picture that is not reality. And it leads us in the wrong direction. And so that's what happens with pervasive words she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. Let me just put this out there for you if you want to take a picture of it or write it down. Your heart is great for emotions. It's terrible for decisions. Your heart is awesome for emotions, and you will well up and, and oh man, this is the greatest. Night. And you're supposed to. God gave us our emotions. You're supposed to cry. You're supposed to be ecstatic about stuff. You're supposed to want things. You're supposed to. We have all these emotions. But our decisions are the things that will mark our life. Our decisions lead us in our directions. Our decisions lead us in our directions. And the way we're going to end up where we want to end up is with wise decisions. Not following our heart. Not following our emotions. We might feel emotions all along the way. And we might be excited all along the way. And that is fine. But we get caught up 
when those persuasive words start toying with our emotions and we begin to find ourselves in a place we never intended to be. And most likely, there are those around you who saw it coming. And most likely, when you reap the the repercussions of that, you will be able to look back and see where you went wrong. Well, what Solomon does next is he, he, he plays a game that I play called Follow It Through. And uh, Aaron and I were just talking about this when we were uh, playing golf. I mean, I wasn't playing. I, I was working. We are talking about church. Uh, anyway, so, um, but, but the way it works is that you follow it through. If that's the vision, the, 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 the fantasy that you have in your mind, go to the next day. Go to the next week. And so, you know, you're at work and this person's great and you're going to cook, cook gourmet uh, food and you're going to, you know, run and, you know, you're both going to ride horses for some reason or whatever and you're going to laugh at each other's jokes and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, then the affair happens, okay? Then you have the next day that you're talking to your spouse. Because when an affair happens, your whole life doesn't just shift into another direction. There's now damage. There's now repercussions. There's now stuff that needs to be sorted out that is incredibly, incredibly painful. And so now that damage juxtaposed to the gourmet cooking, uh, the, the vision begins to start to crumble. It's, it's follow it through. Follow it all the way through. You got the new iPhone. Great. You got it. Then you start going on Facebook like you did before, and it goes in your pocket, and you go to the gym just like you did before, and you take the same pictures of birthdays. Like, but then the bill comes, and now the, when you said, oh, I'll, I'll just figure out how to pay for it then, you have to figure out how to pay for it then. And so that's following it through. And here's what Solomon does so brilliantly. He follows it through. Watch. All at once he followed her. Like an ox going to the slaughter. Like a deer stepping into a noose. Till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare. Little knowing it will cost him his life. Here's something I want us to see in this particular section of scripture. We can be fully convinced... We can be fully convinced that we're making the right decision. Now, whether that convincing comes from fooling ourselves, whether that convincing goes from being tricked or what have you, but we can be fully convinced that we are making the right decision and it be the exact wrong decision. Does that frighten you at all? It does me. You mean to tell me There are decisions I can make that I think, by golly, they are the right ones, and they turn out to be the wrong ones? That scares me. Like, because I don't necessarily think I'm smarter than anybody else. I kind of think we're all about the same. And so that means that all of us can have destinations we want to be at in our lives with our relationships and all these different things. And we could be heading in the exact wrong direction and not even know it. And it's not until we're trapped that we find out. That scares me. I think it scares Solomon. I think Solomon has seen enough of this. What would happen if you did have a way to see those flags? If you did have a way where someone could look through the lattice of their lives into your life and begin to say, hey, that 
road you're about to take, that's not it. Because if by ourselves, left to our own devices and left to our own heart and left to our own will and our own sin nature, if we can end up caught to where we can't get out, wouldn't you want to do whatever you could to stop from being caught? You can. It's called relationships. It's called the church. It's having people who are wiser than you in certain areas. And you're wiser than them in certain areas. And you can look through the lattice of your own life into the places where they're not as wise as you. Or they haven't seen as much as you. Or they don't know as much as you. Or they just lack sense in a certain area. And we've all had those things. We've all had friends where they're starting to make decisions. And, 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 and you're like, this is the wrong. You should not be doing that. You should not be going out after work with those people. You shouldn't. Maybe they can do it. That's fine. But for you, what I know about you is I look through the lattice of the second story, the bird's eye view of your life, you are making some really bad decisions. Solomon happened to be writing this book to his sons. Solomon's wisdom was being used to try to get his sons not to make either the same mistakes he had made or what Solomon had seen over and over and over again. He says, now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. He says, look, we need to start communicating together. We need to start sharing in each other's lives. And I know... For, for a lot of you, that just seems scary, that I would have to open up my life to somebody else. Well, you don't have to, but you're, the chances of you making the wrong decision and ending up caught are far greater if you're trying to walk this relationship with God alone. We were not designed to do that. We were designed to do it together. That's why we say here, circles are better than rows. This is great, and I love teaching and I love us being together and that's a big part that's what we talked about last week it's really important that we come to church every week it is important but that doesn't give us the place where we can sit from above and look with a bird's eye view into each other's lives and say you know I think that thing right there is kind of serious so he says my sons listen to me do not let your heart turn to her ways or even stray into her paths We've talked about boundaries here before. Set your boundaries before your boundaries. Set them before it, you're going to have a problem. Don't even stray into our paths. And watch what he says here. This is so important because some of us still have this idea that we can make it on our own. That we know enough or we've seen enough or we can be alone. And here's what Solomon would say to you if that's you. Many are the victims. Many are the victims she's brought down. He, he, he even kind of gives a word picture of this. Her slain are a mighty throng. This is just, it's just the, the, the path of destruction. When you start heading in the wrong direction and you get caught there, the path of destruction, there's story after story. Here's how I know this is true. How many times have you heard some tragedy, right? Okay, you hear a tragedy or whatever, and you're like, oh man, that's so, that's so terrible. And then he said, yeah, he was, he was out. It was, three, it was three in the morning. And you go, oh, well, yeah, that's, 
that's when those particular things. I thought he was, you know, you know, once you find out it was three in the morning, your whole perspective shifts, right? Because you know, oh, that's when that happens. And so it's, it doesn't lose its thing. You know why? Because that's when that happens. And many, many, many people have gone through that same exact thing. You know, the affairs happen to many people. And you go, oh, well, yeah, they were working together and they would stay at work late. Well, yeah. Well, oh, th- yes. That's, what, that's the path, right? Can you imagine if you're on a path right now and you don't even know it? And you think, I can do this on my own? He says, mighty. Uh, it's a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. I want to end with this one verse that comes out of Jeremiah. We don't have time to go through the preceding verses. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? The heart is deceitful above all things. In other words, you and I are professionals at fooling ourselves. Professionals. Especially Christians, because you can usually find a verse and twist it some way, and now God's on your side with, you know, with your delusion. You know what I mean? Professionals. So, all that to bring up uh, our rooted groups. One of the things that we want to accomplish in these rooted groups is for you to get into relationships you might not normally have for 10 weeks. That's what we're asking, 10 weeks long. Now, for some of you, that probably seems like an eternity of meeting every week. Let me just describe how it's going to unfold, okay? Um, Like Jean Vier was saying, we have the books in the back. They're $15 each. Every person has to have their own book. So some couples were like, oh, we'll share a book. I'll give you another book. If it's money or whatever, I'll give you another book. You both need your own book. And you say, I don't even know how to write. I, does, just, it would make me feel better if you had your own book, okay? So, so, so we'll do that. But here, here's what's going to happen. Here, here's what to get on your radar, okay? This week, uh, as you sign up, and, and you, you can still sign up, um, you can either sign on your, on your connection card, or it would be better if back there uh, at the table, you just signed up with your phone number and everything. This week, we'll, get, uh, we'll contact you about what group you're in. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I can't be with my best friend? You can. We'll discuss all that. Um, depending, we have to look at your best friend. It might not be a good idea to be in the same group. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure all that out. But this week, we'll contact you about your group. Uh, and so you can mark on which days you want. We're going to try and have a group for every day. The problem is we, this has been a very successful launch. We've got 100 and, about 120 people who are doing this together. February 20th, which is next Saturday, we're going to have a dinner in here. And that will kind of be your first group. I'm going to talk to all of us about expectations, about rules. It will be in the sanctuary, okay? Um, and so... Uh, uh, that will be at, I think, 6 o'clock. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get all that uh, worked out. But um, we're going to move all the chairs, and we're going to have our tables, and this is where we're going to eat. So that's that. Then you, you'll take your books, and that will kick off doing your, 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 your five assignments every week. Then that next week, you'll go into your, your group for the first time. It'll actually be week two. But um, you, so February 27th, the groups start. And so you'll be in your group for the first time there. Then there's some other experiences that we're going to experience together. One of them is this prayer experience on March 16th. We'll be back in the sanctuary, and this is outside of your group. So you'll still be in group that week, but then you'll come to this uh, prayer experience that we'll have here. Um, And then on April 20th, there'll be no 
groups. I'm going to teach again, so we'll all come back into the sanctuary and have uh, uh, dinner there again. And then May 7th is our celebration dinner. And that's when we come back and there's testimonies and we see what God has done in all uh, in, in many of our lives. And so that's what it looks like. Now, now here, here's what I, I want to tie this back into the sermon. If you've never been in a small group before, I would just really, really strongly encourage you to try. It's 10 weeks long. Just try it. If it doesn't work out, uh, CC Helmworks will give you your money back. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. I'll give you your money back, okay? It, 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 it will work. It will be something that you will value. And, uh, and as you begin to delve into experiencing God through this, through this stuff that we go through, God will change your life. And here's the thing that's most, 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 most important. My prayer is that some of the flags that you've already blown past and some of the direction that you've already gone through, before there's an entrapment, before you step in the snare, before the arrow pierces your liver, before you go like an ox being led to the slaughter, somebody will notice something and say, hey, the last couple weeks you brought this up. How can we help you with that? Because we've seen this happen. They won't be judging you. They won't be psychoanalyzing you. They won't be trying to run your life. It's just what happens when you bring the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and other believers into a place. That stuff just happens. And it could save your life. It could save you from some really bad mistakes. So as Adjua comes back up, um, I wanted to end, end with that because next Sunday... Um, uh, we would have already had our kickoff group. And uh, as we get weeks ahead, it becomes, we shut the groups off because these groups become very close and you can't really join a group three weeks into it. Once we start, um, those groups are then closed and then we'll, we'll wait till the next time we do this uh, if it works out. But uh, let me uh, pray for you. As we enter into this time, we're going to do a, a, a few things. One is this is when we take our offering. And as Jean Vier said uh, when she was giving announcements, uh, we just believe that anyone who calls Living Spring their church home, that part of that is giving uh, sacrificially because we give it to God. And so um, a lot of us do that online or we have the checks sent, you know, normal. But for you, that might be a, a big deal. You, know, you might be like, I don't know if I can give anything. But just bring that up with God and just talk to him about that. And so you do that during this time. Um, and then the other thing we do is we fill out those connection cards and those prayer requests. And again, if you want to join a rooted group, um, you can either put it on the back of that card, but we prefer that you sign up at the table in the back. Um, let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, uh, we are just uh, amazed that we can fool ourselves uh, so much. And Lord, we don't want to be marked by that. We have directions. We have summits we want to reach. And Lord, we know that we're just, um, by our just being human, we'll want to take different routes to get there. And when there might only be one. And so, Lord, I just pray for us right now, as you've revealed things through your word, um, that we would have the courage to make adjustments if we need to make adjustments. Lord, if we have it all together, I pray we'd join a rooted group so that we could help others. If we don't have it all together, I pray we'd join a rooted group to get farther along than we were a year ago. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.